Hi, welcome to the Whole Therapist Podcast. We're leaving out the theorizing and exploring this strange phenomenon of being a human and a therapist. I'm Kelly, licensed marriage and family therapist, working in private practice settings as a clinician and a clinical supervisor in the Denver metro area. And I'm Abby. I'm a licensed clinical social worker and the owner of a group practice in the Denver metro area. Kelly and I are both registered play therapists, supervisors, and EMDR certified. So we're both therapists, but this is not therapy. And we're both supervisors, but this is not supervision. This podcast is purely for fun. So for any ethical concerns on your caseload, please refer to your state laws and licensing boards. And please remember to follow The Whole Therapist on Instagram, Facebook, and subscribe on your favorite podcast listening station. For more resources, blogs, and consultation opportunities, visit wholetherapistinstitute.com. So come join our conversation while we explore the embodied experience of neuroscience and authenticity in the therapy room. Hi, welcome to the Whole Therapist Podcast. I'm Kelly. And I'm Abby. We are so happy to have you with us today. Mm-hmm. Today, we are wanting to touch on titration, which is really important when you're working with all types of trauma, single incident trauma, complex mm-hmm. trauma, and even intergenerational trauma. And actually really important to know about if you're working with kiddos and you have parents who have any one of those traumas. Yes. And this has come up so much in our own professional journey and as we supervise These have been conversations that have been coming up a lot lately. How do we titrate the work Mm -hmm. is a question we ask often. Yeah. And sometimes therapists can feel confused. They have these really great deep sessions Mm -hmm. about some trauma work they're doing, and then the client doesn't come back. Yeah. And then the therapist can hold lots of different narratives. What a narrative I often hear is that somehow the therapist did something wrong or... um, you know, that the client is mad at them, and that it really isn't the case. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's helpful to define titration. Mm-hmm. Making sure that your client has one foot in and one foot out. So some dual awareness. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cushioned yeah. with lots of regulation and containment mm-hmm. and safety. Yes. Okay. One of the things that Cozzolino talks about one of the uh, phrases he uses is um, when you're titrating, you're being an amygdala whisperer. I know. I love that (laughs) phrase. I do too. And what he's saying is that when we do not feel safe, so we're inevitably not in relationship with others, the amygdala is in control. Mm -hmm. But if we're titrating, then the amygdala is no longer in control. Mm Mm-hmm. And that allows us then to access our resources, to reflect on, you know, our skills, safety. If we think about the goal of trauma work, in one way you could say it's to like rewrite an accurate narrative Mm -hmm. or um, an EMDR will say you're rewiring Mm -hmm. the brain. I think that's a very sterile phrase. I have to say like people are not computers. (laughs) I don't say that phrase a lot. Um, like install, right? I just don't. Anyway, but truly we're accessing the memory network that holds trauma in the limbic system. Mm -hmm. So in a different part of the brain. And then when we have a therapist, like this empathic witness to hold it Mm -hmm. as the client remembers, it does get stored differently. Mm -hmm. Only if the therapist is an amygdala whisperer. Yes. Otherwise they are just re-traumatized 
or yeah. defensive. Mm-hmm. Flooded is yes. another word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what else Cosalino says. Like, if the amygdala is in control, then the only thing that somebody can do is be defensive. Yes. Yeah. So when clients don't show up, that's the defensiveness coming in. Right. You know, I that's like a word I also don't like. Yeah. Is, you know, defensive. But, yeah. Um, protector, in the context, protector yeah. maybe. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the protector part is on and that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I think it's helpful to think back, whether it's yourself or if you're also a supervisor or colleague, the therapist's reaction mm-hmm. to that. So you named it a few minutes ago. Sometimes as therapists, we will think, oh, the client's mad. Mm-hmm. Oh, I messed something up. There are other therapists that might think, well, this client just wasn't ready. Right. And so there's, I feel like there's these pendulum swings of like, it's all my fault. It's all the client's fault. Mm-hmm. Um, when the truth is there was something happening in the space between yes. the therapist and the client. So we get to hold both. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and touching on the client wasn't ready. That might be true. But this goes back to, again, topics we've discussed on this podcast we need to be Mm self-reflective before suggesting that the client wasn't ready. Yes. Were we ready? Did we have the skills? Did we have the training? Right. Um, In fact, I was just out of grad school. I didn't have any training in grad school about how to work with trauma. I think in some of my EMDR trainings, there was grad students in my EMDR trainings, and I was like, wow, like that would have been so helpful when I was in Mm. grad school. But I remember, I I didn't have a good supervisor, but regardless, I think about her now and I'm like, yeah, she had good intentions, but the impact was harsh. (laughs) But I was telling her that I was doing trauma work and she has like yelled at me and was like, you can't just dive right into trauma. Like you need to be doing safety first. Oh, wow. Like that's not the way someone's going to learn. What kind of modeling is this too? (laughs) There's no safety. She's no titration. My goodness. Yeah. Yeah. She could have like titrated me into that. She's correct. However. The delivery. uh, Right. I'm so sorry. Yeah. And I I do think that people, we kind of said this phrase before, people get excited. A lot of therapists get excited about these like juicy details that are going to come out. Some therapists, I can be attracted to these stories. Right, right. I've had therapists um, bef- while I was in grad school, I was working at a shelter and one of the main therapists would always walk out and she's like, ha ha, made another one cry. And so I'm oh, like, yuck. no, like our goal is not to make people cry. And just because clients are crying does not mean that you're doing good work. Yes. In fact, it could potentially mean that they're flooded. It, it's a good example of when the therapist agenda is so present in the room. Mm-hmm. I've heard supervisees say things like, I think I cracked her. Oh. I cracked her, right? Like a resistant, quote, resistant mm-hmm. teen mm-hmm. Um, who like doesn't want to be in therapy, but is being brought there or something like, oh, I cracked her. Yeah. And we've had conversations like, what is the difference between cracking a client oh. like I'm getting in right which is very aggressive yes an agenda mm-hmm. as opposed to yeah I noticed the client softened mm. a bit with me mm. it's it feels different so we're our job is not to crack or get like I don't know retrieve some like juicy story or force them to emote yeah um I think that's a common mistake in grad school and unfortunately for seasoned therapists also agreed 
and I see that a lot with EMDR mm-hmm. being a consultant in training that we have to get to the you know reprocessing phase mm-hmm. and there's like a hurriedness. Yeah. And I like how Anna Gomez has um, this image of like two bags and your bag of resources needs to be greater than the bag of pain mm. that they carry. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it's helpful, even with supervisees, we'll literally take like a bucket, like piles of sand mm-hmm. and say like, how resource do they feel? Let's mm-hmm. talk about the client and how much pain does it feel like they carry? And let's talk about the balance. Mm-hmm. Are they really ready to enter in directly to this pain? Mm-hmm with something like EMDR, yes. they're under-resourced. Yes. So let's give them safety and resource. Mm-hmm. But there's a slowness. There has to be. And steadiness, yeah. yeah. And I have to tell you that I think I have only really embodied that and held that to be really true in the last year of doing my own work with a somatic right. therapist. Yeah. And I think for me personally, it's like, I really want to just like talk about this and and just heal and like be done with it. And let's just like get it all out. And I need to talk about my trauma. And she has done a beautiful job of actually, we're just going to sit with this tiny little minute thing for 60 minutes. (laughs) And I'm like, I have seen, you know, massive progress and, I've had friends that aren't in the therapy field and also said like, wow, Kelly, I really have seen like such a difference in you. Yeah. And it's because this therapist is resourced enough, I imagine herself, mm-hmm. and also skilled enough in working with trauma to know that we really just can't dive right in. No. It scares people off. Yes. Um, and even as slow as she was going, I would find that I'd have some anxiety showing up for session and I would just share that with her. And then there was that titration. She would know like maybe today we're actually just talking instead of like moving into. So it brings me to think about our own clients and how oftentimes they come in and they want, you know, with EMDR, like let's just do the protocol. Let's move through it. Mm -hmm. And particularly during the pandemic when people have came in to do trauma work on something else, it's really difficult to do that because you have some other stuff that's coming up. Mm -hmm. So that first has to be titrated before you can move into some of this deeper trauma work. Yes. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Like it's enough. I think that I have a couple of thoughts in my mind. It sounds like, and I relate to this, in your own therapy, there's a part, like a protector part, that's mm-hmm. like, I'm just gonna bulldoze through this. Let's like, I'm kind of like wiping my hands off, like eight sessions or yes. three months, like we're gonna be done with this shit. I'm gonna heal, yes. move on with my life. Yeah. And um, that's been adaptive. I think you and I are successful business women <laughs> uh, because we have that trauma response probably, yeah. right? Of like, I'm just gonna bulldoze through life, like I got it. Mm-hmm. And there's a capacity. Yes. Um, and that is very different than the part or parts that have been hurt and wounded, mm-hmm. which is what the therapist has to attune to. Yes. So I think that's an important thing with our clients because often, especially adults who are high functioning, um, quote, fun- I mean, I don't really like functioning labels, right. but like, very successful, Mm -hmm. they have their life together, Mm -hmm. Um, maybe an anxious perfectionist. Mm -hmm. 
um, they want to do something like EMDR or just therapy in general, mm-hmm. and they want to put a timetable on it, mm-hmm. and they're intense. Yes. Like, can we actually meet twice a week? Let's just get this done this summer. Yes. And you're like, gosh, I just can't tell you that that's how this works, but I'm going to be here. Like, let's find out together. Yeah. The part of the client that shows up is not the one that needs the, the part that needs the healing, maybe. Yeah. And I have been fooled by that so many times mm-hmm. with clients realizing, oh, I get to meet like that little boy mm-hmm. that was wounded and I need to go slow mm-hmm. with that little one. Yes. I cannot interact with that part of the client the same way that the protector puts on this like armor. Yes. You know? And it's related to something that Marshall said. I think you were in that training. It was a stand tray one in a... Oh, in the church? Yeah, in the church. Mm-hmm. I remember because I had to leave like every hour and a half to go pump in my car. And it was <laughs> so hot because my air conditioning didn't work. Oh. That was postpartum. Um, and something that Marshall said was he was talking about parents. And it, this is not his exact verbiage, but it has really stuck with me. He said something along the lines that something that is... Um, easy for you to hold and deliver to a parent is really like impressionable for them. Mm -hmm. So if you say a phrase like your child holds a lot of trauma on their nervous system, Mm -hmm. that's just true as a therapist, Mm -hmm. but how that's going to land for the parent, Mm. I mean, that's like devastating maybe, Mm -hmm. or just a lot to hear. Yes. And holding that in mind when we're working with parents Mm -hmm. or just clients as we reflect factual things to us yes it's gonna land differently you know I don't know what the word trauma means to a client if I'm saying that I don't know what the word nervous system is that validating or is it kind of like sterile and sounds pathologizing to them or right and so just being really careful Mm -hmm. I remember him saying that and thinking to myself gosh I'm probably saying too much to parents too soon Mm -hmm. too much too soon too fast yeah or this holds a lot of trauma yes is that going to trigger a parent who maybe believed before they had kids I'm going to make sure my kid doesn't have any trauma exactly yes and again maybe their kid didn't but we know about intergenerational trauma yes yeah yeah So it sounds like a lot of what we're talking about is slowing down Mm -hmm. and being really reflective. And we've talked about in other episodes that we are going to rupture. Like we will get it wrong. A client will get flooded. Yes. But can we be attuned to that and repair that rupture? Absolutely. I would just add that I'm thinking about a client who we did some really deep work and then for two sessions in a row, it was like one reason or another why they couldn't come back. And so I um, communicated with them and, and said, I know our last session was really hard and that might make it hard to come back. I just want to acknowledge it if that's what's happening. And then the next um, communication was like, yeah, I can come next Tuesday. Mm. And they were there that Tuesday. Yeah. And they didn't acknowledge that that was true or not, but I think sometimes just saying that out loud. Yes. Additionally, similar when I was learning EMDR, there wasn't a lot of focus on how long we should stay in the resource phase. Yeah. I think sometimes because there's eight stages, we think like you need to like move through these. No. We really, I mean, resourcing is happening the entire time, but we should stay in resourcing for a while. Mm -hmm. And we need to educate our clients when they come in to do trauma therapy. Actually, 
this is what it's going to look like. It is a slow process. We're going to spend a lot of time resourcing. Yeah. It's kind of like the pack model with uh, yes. Deb Wesselman and mm-hmm. Ann Potter. If you can resource, sometimes they don't even need to process the I trauma. No. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's just amazing. Yeah. All the different ways to heal. Mm-hmm. And I think part of Krista, my old supervisor, and I, and now mentor and friend, we're talking about this how newer therapists, and this makes sense with the brain, mm-hmm. when we're learning something new, mm-hmm. we're a little more rigid. Newer therapists, and I was like this, would think there's one way, mm-hmm. one type of play therapy, mm-hmm. one way to do EMDR. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we grow in the field, we get to explore like, actually, healing is not linear and it's also not monolithic either. Right. Like a sexual abuse survivor is not going to heal the same way as another one. Mm-hmm. So there's themes that we can keep track of in the field, but yeah. it is truly like from an interpersonal neurobiology perspective, mm-hmm. it is truly like person to person. Yes. We get to see what they need. I have some clients that do EMDR and some parts work mm-hmm. and we like interweave those things. Yeah. And then there's like a splash of like therapeutic art yeah and we get to play and see what they need that day yeah mm-hmm. it's funny Shruti Poulsen who's my double AMFT mentor mm-hmm. her and I um, were talking yesterday and she was saying that's the benefit of being an experienced clinician and seeing so many clients that you do see themes over time yeah. and so you begin to be able to like make sense more often about what's happening. Yes. As you see so many people, you start to see like commonalities yeah. and and also start to see that it's not monolithic. And yeah, yeah. I love this idea that therapists hold the stories. Mm-hmm. Like as we grow, we hold the stories of all the clients and the moments of healing mm-hmm. not just like the big like da 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 they reached their goals we had three closing sessions you know yes um but just the glimpses of their true self or authentic self yeah and healing and then we get to hold all of that so as we grow in the field we are more and more anchored mm-hmm. in like people heal yes I have this picture in my head of like how sunflowers turn towards the sun mm. like people long for healing they know what they need yes we don't need to like shift the sunflowers every morning. Right. Like they just lean towards it. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I wonder too, if I could share um, a quote from Cozzolino's book. Yeah. So he was talking about learning how to do client centered therapy in the context of what we're chatting about. I think as you're learning to titrate and learning to do really well trauma work, something to keep in mind is It requires us to be aware of our own fears and needs. Mm -hmm. It is a challenge to give others what we may never have received ourselves. Yeah. So if you've not done your own really good therapy work, it may be difficult to offer titration to a client. Impossible. Yeah. I think I just didn't do it. Yeah. I mean, I'm still working on it. I know, me too. Like I said, I've I've only gotten really good titration work over the last year. Right, right. Yeah. So there's grace for where you are as a therapist in your journey. Mm -hmm. And there's accountability to share that with your therapist Mm -hmm. or find one who understands that concept of, I need to be able to embody this Mm -hmm. as a human. Yes. And then you get to give that to clients. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well... 
we're hoping that we left you with something to reflect on or mm -hmm. um, a new piece to be thinking about and we're excited to be with you next time.